Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And we are Generally American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. And we're live. <laughs> we are. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello. So it's been a while, uh, you know, two weeks. But still. Uh, yeah, so I guess to start off with weather, as usual, the weather here has been terrible. Um, I guess it really depends uh, if you like rain or not, because it's been super rainy here. And my wife and I have been kind of discussing on whether or not it should be called winter, because it really doesn't feel like it. I tell everyone here that it feels like it's just August, or not August, fall. So it just feels like a extended fall, if you will, extended autumn. So it just rains the whole time. But how about where you've been? You know, you should uh, count yourself lucky. At least <laughs> spring and summer will be nice. For here, it's been gray and windy, but not particularly cold. The, uh, the snowfall, not just here, but I hear in most of the country has been really poor this year mm. especially up in canada so it sounds like there's going to be summer is usually wildfire season it's probably going to be a bad one. Oh wow yeah i mean it, it you know when when in it's funny because in winter people complain about there being at least here they complain about there being a lot of rain about there being a lot of rain and then come summer there's almost no rain and people complain that there's no rain so no, no matter how you cut it people always complain at least, at least that's just the way i've i've seen it. but how far is canada actually from billings from montana uh <laughs> probably <laughs> like 300 to 350 miles I, i'm not gonna lie i don't go most of the major like "Quote unquote" cities in in Montana are like mm -hmm. in the, in the south, kind of like along I ninety, and uh, yeah, there's not usually much of a reason to go up to the to the High Line, the northern mm. border. What what would you consider to be a long trip, like a long drive, like one hour, two hours, three hours? I mean, it depends. If I'm staying in town. Mm -hmm. 15 to 20 minutes kind of feels like a long drive if I, if we're like going somewhere going yeah, somewhere like traveling uh probably like over three hours is probably a little long for like a day trip okay that feel that, that uh, i'm glad you said that so i have like a, a little story so i've been pretty busy so my wife so everyone knows that i had a daughter uh, she was born almost two months now how <laughs> time flies and uh i because she was born in germany she obviously has a german citizenship um which is actually not that obvious believe it or not they changed the law about i think two decades ago to where if you're born in germany uh and your parents have lived here for a while then you get it but before it was kind of up in the air anyway uh to make it short my wife and i had to go to frankfurt and we had to go to the American consulate. And Frankfurt's about, uh, with breaks, because we have a baby, it was about four, four and a half hours. 
and I, I wasn't sure if you know if other people would consider that to be a long drive. Uh, but it, I mean, for it felt pretty long <laughs> in uh, in wind and rain. Uh, anyway, long story short, we had to go to the consulate to prove that I'm an American citizen, and uh, you have to prove physical presence in the U.S. So the law is, uh, if you're an American citizen and you have a baby abroad, you have to prove that you've spent at least five years in the U.S., two of which were after your 14th birthday, which I lived in the U.S. until I was almost 21. Um, so I fulfill that. But then the question is, well, how do you prove it? Um, and I used my high school transcripts. <laughs> and the lady was like, well, that's enough. Uh Technically, it's not enough because it's only four years, but they didn't really care. And at the very end, there was, I wouldn't even call it a ceremony. Uh, we signed documents saying that, yes, I'm the father, and yes, my wife is the mother. And we had to, you know, um, with our, we had to put a hand, not a hands over heart, we had to basically put our right hand up and swear uh, that everything is correct. And my wife just kind of looked at me, and she's like, why are we swearing? Like, I already signed it. Isn't that enough? And I was like, no, it's not enough. You got to swear to to make it official. So. Oh yeah, the U.S. government loves swearing. <laughs> yeah. When when I uh, when I joined the Census Bureau for the 2020 Census, um, we had a little swearing in ceremony we had to do, basically saying, if you talk to somebody, and they disclose personal information, uh, you can't share any of their information under like very severe penalties for like oh, 50 wow. years. And they Did were joking. You? They were joking. Well, most of you will be dead before that happens. But some <laughs> some of you young guys out there may be. So, did be you careful. have to raise your hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was really weird. Uh, I kind of felt at home actually in the consulate because most people there were actually American. Um, so it was really it was really nice to be able to be able to actually speak English because otherwise I just speak German all the time. Um, but there are a couple people there who didn't really speak English very well, and they didn't speak German, so it was really awkward talking to them because <laughs> it was like broken English and broken German. They were working there as like clerks or security guards. So it was really it was really weird. Um, but yeah, the whole thing uh, took three hours, and it was super expensive. I think most people who listen to the podcast who maybe have anything to do with the U.S. in terms of like getting visas or traveling know how expensive it is, but I didn't realize this. So you, we had to pay for her, for my daughter's American birth certificate, because she's going to get an American one. And that costs $100. Um, and then to pay for her passport and like all the fees, that was another $150. Um, so the whole thing, just to get her recognized by the government, it was $250, give or take. And for the German side, it was, I don't know, $40. <laughs> so it was really expensive. Um, and hopefully I'll get all the stuff in in the mail in like six weeks. Hopefully. Maybe I've just been spending too much money lately, but that doesn't <laughs> sound horrible. Like, it's uh, nobody's ever happy about spending $250, but... I mean, it was... It, it, it kind of hurt. <laughs> I'm not gonna <laughs> lie. Not, not financially. I mean, for us, like, that's not... I mean, it's not nothing, but it's not the end of the world. But, you know, right? But you, nobody wants to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. And 
Yeah, and newborns need passports. So technically, my daughter's not a newborn anymore. I think they're only newborns for a month. But they need passports. And then the question was like, what, uh, like what should we put down for the eye color? Because like the eye color changes all the time. Uh, and so uh, te- technically, everyone puts down blue. I think that's like the general for babies. And then it changes like to different colors. Anyway, that's a small excursion. I just wanted to share that. Uh, that's not the topic <laughs> for today. It's interesting, though. Yeah, I mean, it's super interesting. Uh, but because to be def- honest, the the way I I it's not really something I think about, but just from life in like movies and TV shows and everything, it just feels like oh, if your parents an American citizen and you're born overseas, then just. Congratulations, you're also an American citizen. No paperwork, no anything. Just just is what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, I mean we can talk about it for a few more minutes. Like citizenship is a very interesting uh it's a very interesting topic on how you become a citizen. Um for most people in the US, it's to become a citizen there are basically three ways. Um one is by birth, one is by soil, and one is by naturalization. Like those are the th- three main ways you become a citizen. Uh technically you can you can, I guess you can split naturalization into like, into like two subcategories. One is you live in a country and you take a test and you become a citizen or you, you buy a passport. Um, so without like doing any like name drops or anything, uh, there are a lot of countries that will quote unquote sell you a passport. So if you invest in like real estate or anything, um, and you stay in the country for like four or five months or six months, they'll give you a passport. And this is pretty popular with countries who are uh, not as well off as some other countries. And it is a significant amount, at least in my view. So it's $200,000, for uh, that you have to invest in the country, depending on where you go. And the U.S. has uh, the by birth um, and um, by blood. So we have both, but the by birth is stronger. Do you remember the... Um, like the birther movie with Obama and like when he was becoming president. <laughs> you still hear people bring it up every now and then. Yeah. So for those who don't know, um, but when was it? So like, I think it was 2008, I believe Obama, uh, his mother is from Kansas, I believe. Uh, go chiefs. <laughs> uh, no, no. I thought it was Hawaii. Wasn't it? Was it Hawaii? He was it born was... in Hawaii. He was born in Hawaii, but I, Okay, um, uh, don't even quote me, but at any rate, his mother was from the U.S. and his father was from uh, Africa, I believe Kenya, but I don't have all that information uh, at the tip of my fingers. But at any rate, the the question surrounding Obama was, uh, was he actually an American citizen? And he was. So he was born in the U.S. and one of his parents was an American citizen. So either way, he was an American citizen. But still... Uh, I, I don't want to use the race card, but a lot of people kind of called uh, his American citizenship into question because one, he's black, uh, specifically he's like first generation, and second because of his name. So like Obama, Hussein, something uh, I can't remember all of his name. It's pretty bad. But so then there's a question like, oh, he's not American, um, and uh, he's not even Christian. He's Muslim. Both of which aren't true. He's American and he's Christian. Not that I care. 
Uh, I don't think you care either. Um, for all I care, he'd be Jewish. <laughs> right. Although so. I, I, I don't know if there's ever been an American president that wasn't at least professed to be a Christian. I don't, I don't think you can even become a president if you're not at least some some form of Christian. Like Mitt Romney, he was running against Obama, and he was Mormon. And that was like, I guess it depends on who you ask, if Mormons are Christians or not. I'm not here to decide that. We're not here to decide that. Some will say yes, some will say no. But even that was kind of critical for a lot of people because some people don't see Mormons as Christians. Um, I don't know what Obama it is. But anyway, I'm, I'm starting it off with, uh, um, a little bit sidetracked. So you have naturalization. And uh, what you also have is by birth. So you're born somewhere. And in the U.S., we have the 14th Amendment, which means if you're born there, you become a citizen. And this was kind of like a, like a retrofit, if you will. It was basically to incorporate all of, like the slaves that weren't actually citizens. They were property under the law. Um, and then you have by blood, which is what the U.S. also has. And because my child wasn't born in the U.S., he was born in Germany. She was born in Germany. We had to go by blood. And you'd think, well, I'm an American. She'd automatically get it. But it's like, nah, it doesn't work that way. Because um, do you know what anchor babies are? Have you heard of those? Yes. Like the concept of like you, you immigrate illegally have a kid here that kid just instantly becomes a citizen and then you kind of use that as leverage to stay is like what people talk about yeah exactly and so i i don't think this is the official reason but i suspect it's in the realm of possibility like it's one of the reasons um you could technically be born in the u.s and leave and never come back and you would still be an american citizen it, it's enough for you just to be born and leave the next day um, which angers a lot of people, especially those from the right. I think this was one of the things that Trump actually wanted to get rid of. He was completely against the 14th Amendment because of like the anchor babies and all that. And I guess to kind of prevent this, they make you prove presence, like make you prove physical presence. Um, there is, however, a way around this. Namely, if you decide to naturalize so if you decide to become a natural U.S. citizen instead of like by birth, you can move to the U.S. and your grandparents can fulfill that. So like if I couldn't fulfill it, then what would happen is we would go to the U.S. and my mother would fulfill that. And my mother's been in the U.S. her whole life. So except for like maybe like one or two trips to like Mexico or something. <laughs> but that doesn't matter. Uh, and then my child would be U.S., but it, she wouldn't be, like, by birth, but, like, naturalization. And uh, I'm sure you know this. I think everyone learned this in school. Uh, if you're not, like, a citizen by birth, you can't become president, for example. So there's – I sometimes teach English, and people are like, can, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, the Terminator who's been in the U.S. for, like, God knows how long, can he become president because he was governor? And I was like, no, he can't become president. Nope, sorry, Arnie. <laughs> no, he can't become president because he's Austrian. So, And he's American. I accept him as American, but he's not American by birth. And I don't make up the rules. But yeah, so I learned a lot about American <laughs> citizen, citizenship law over like the past like two months because I had to do a lot of research. 
And uh, yeah, it was pretty scary. I was pretty nervous. And uh, my wife was answering the questions because like one of the authors asked, like, how long have you been in Germany? Like, why did you leave Germany? And I I forgot my own history. (laughs) and my wife's like yeah he's been here since like uh, like the early 2000s and he he uh left college and everything i was like oh yeah that's right i forgot (laughs) so well i'm glad she was there to bail you out and i'm glad everything went well (laughs) yeah everything went perfect uh so now everyone's learning a little bit about citizenship law uh but there's something else we wanted to actually talk about being Board games. Board games. Uh, <laughs> a co- much some- a much less serious topic. Le- a lot less serious, completely different. Uh, I know you're a big fan of board games. I'm... Uh, I used to be. Uh, but if I have to play a board game, it's either Monopoly or Life. But what about I, I, you? I will not play Monopoly anymore. What? I, I just refuse. Because <laughs> it's not fun. It Is sucks. It? It's not fun, and I get angry, and there's no point. I I think Monopoly has probably killed a lot of people. Um, And I mean that in a very serious way, too, because if you I'm not really into true crime, I try to avoid it. But if you if you're into true crime, oh, my God, then (laughs) like you'll hear about people killing each other over Monopoly games like it's a I've never heard that, but I believe it. Oh, I've definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, people are drinking and uh, they get kind of aggravated that they go to jail and then the one guy pulls out a gun. I remember one. I can't remember the exact details, but I remember one time um, or this one story. Sorry about this guy who shot his friend with a crossbow um, because he got really frustrated during Monopoly. Um, <laughs> so it can turn dangerous pretty fast. Uh, so to be more official on the record for why I hate Monopoly. Okay. One, for a simple board game, it takes a very long time. Two, it's almost all random. There's not much skill or decision points involved. And three, it's 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 uniquely aggravating. It is a very long game. I mean, it's not a game that you're just going to pick up and play. Uh... And I'm fine with long games. But I think when I... I haven't done this in a while... But uh, mm-hmm. foreshadow for what I'm going to talk about in a bit, that's going to change. When I used to do board game nights, the plan would be like, we're going to do, we're going to have like two to three fast board games, like zombie dice. You can do a game of zombie dice in like five minutes. You can play like three games of zombie dice in you know, 15 or so, and then move on to the next thing. We'll play a game of Munchkin. You can get through Munchkin in like 15, 20 minutes. Um, you could do a game of... There's there's so many like quick little mm. fun board games with simple simple like Monopoly, but they only take 15 minutes. And then I would do like two medium sized board games, or we would get like a big board game, and that would be like our night. Yeah, I mean that sounds pretty fair. Uh, I don't know if I would have the patience for that. I I don't really like long things. I'm a very impatient person. For anyone who knows me in real life, they can confirm this. Um, but I like the fact that you just set it up and you, and you just go for the whole night. Um, yeah, but... a lot of a lot of big box board games can sometimes take like two hours to set up. I mean, some people will like kind of continue on to the next day. I don't do that. Um, 
I, a quick board game. I mean, I don't know if Yahtzee is considered a board game. Is it? Yeah, it'll, it counts. Yeah, I mean, if that's a quick board game, I love doing that. Um, I always lose. <laughs> I always lose to my wife. Um, because it does take, I don't know, maybe like 30 minutes to set up. Um, it's really popular here. So that's like one of like my quick ones. I can't think of any other quick board games, honestly. Maybe Scrabble. I don't know if that's quick, though. I think it depends on how fast you are uh, and how you I define mean, quick. It's it's tough because, like, I can think of... Um, I think Suro is pretty quick. I've only played it once. But, like, I, I like kind of fun, novel, like, really quick, snappy board games. Like, they're not mm-hmm. super deep or complex or competitive, but they're... You know, it's going to take five to ten minutes, so who cares? Just do play another. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, something like a like a random thought. You know Jumanji, right? I think everyone knows Jumanji. Uh, yeah. Is that like an actual board game, or is that just a movie? You know what? Let me look it up. I think somebody made one. Uh, I, I, I would like to think that everyone knows the movie. It's a movie from... I believe the 90s. It has to yeah, be Yeah, you can get Jumanji the board game. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like more of a simple board game. But... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I- I've never played the board game, but that just kind of crossed my mind, uh, which is also a very dangerous board game. <laughs> 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 if you want to look at it like that. So uh, it was kind of... Uh, fun i was t- i was telling chris this before we recorded and then i stopped myself so we could actually or he stopped me i won't mm-hmm. i won't take credit for his good judgment <laughs> uh a lot of the time we do topics because something happens to one of us and it's convenient that someone is usually me uh this is kind of the opposite uh we had decided on board games a few weeks ago two three weeks ago and one of the things I'd been meaning to do here at my new place is I don't have a dining room table yet. So it's been on my to-do list to buy a table, get it moved here. And then I want to start hosting board game nights. I actually bought one yesterday. I, I got a really good deal at, uh, at a used furniture store, a very nice table with six very nice chairs. I'm having it delivered sometime this week. Although I'm learning um, another way life isn't as nice after (laughs) COVID. So it became industry standard, I guess, uh, you know, like furniture delivery services. Mm. They used to bring it in your house. Now they bring it to your front doorstep. Oh, wow. And if you want to pay them cash, maybe they'll think about it. Well, that sucks. Yeah, so... (laughs) I am working on trying to organize some friends to help me move it. Cause this, this is a really nice table. It's really heavy. Like this mm-hmm. is a heavy, very nice table. I can't believe nobody else bought it for that price. But so I need to like figure out some people I can have here some morning this week so I can schedule the delivery. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that sucks. Uh, yeah, a lot of things did change because of COVID. I mean, that's yeah. a, that's a, 
I, I guess is the pandemic over? I would say it's over. Um, but still a lot of things have kind of remained. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's culturally over. Yeah. I think for all intents and purposes, I think for yeah. anyone who cares, it's, it's pretty much over. But on the bright side, now that I'm going to have a table, I am ecstatic about being able to uh, have more people over. I can mm. play. Um, I guess you could kind of consider tabletop role-playing games, board games in a way. I'm going to be getting back into that. I've kind of had to stop over the last few months uh, since I moved. And then normal board game nights. I actually uh, just bought a new one and had it come in the mail. My manager was talking to me about this board game and telling me how fun it is. It's called Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. That's it's a very long title. <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to be like kind of emulate the the feeling of like an alien movie. Like you're in a spaceship being stalked by an alien and mm-hmm. you're you're supposed to try to like sneak around and everybody has their own map and you can't show each other. You have to kind of like describe things and there's oh, it sounds pretty, pretty fun. And he said it's very tense, which I, I like it when board games can elicit like, uh, you know, feelings like that. Like that's that's a well-designed game. That kind of sounds like Battleship. A little bit of like having like different maps and not knowing where other people are and trying to find them. Um, I don't know if Battleship counts as a board game, though. Yeah, it counts. They haven't played in forever. <laughs> but you were asking one question uh, before we started, actually, which is um, if kids still play board games, because I, as an adult, definitely don't really play really any games anymore. I don't I don't. I could say the typical thing of like, I don't have time for that, which is a lie. I don't make time for it. I make time for other things. Um, but definitely when I was a kid, we played board and card games all the time. I, I wonder if the, it's still popular. I don't have, I don't, I was going to say I don't have access to a lot of kids. That sounds kind of strange, but <laughs> I'm not like around like a lot of children. So I don't know if it's as popular, uh, as it used to be when at least when I was growing up, it's hard to say. So when I was growing up, I was in daycare until, you know, I was like 11 or 12 after school and, you know, there were board games, card games. So growing up, I was kind of playing those things all the time. Mm. Um, now I have three nephews, the oldest of which is I might be about to be a bad uncle. I think <laughs> seven, <laughs> seven. And uh, it's hard to say because I really only see them at like family functions. Mm-hmm. And boy, uh, especially the the youngest is is a baby, only like two or three months old. But the other two are like five and seven. And those kids are in, in the best possible way. They are monsters. They run around <laughs> and and, you know throw things and scream like they're just having a great time in life i cannot picture them being the kind of kids that have the patience to sit down and play a board game i and i think that's what it boils down to is having patience i do not think that we are a patient society anymore i'm definitely not a patient person uh patience is a virtue as my mom always said but uh it's one i can't uphold (laughs) how i always responded uh so I kind of laud you for that, for enjoying board games. Uh, so when when I play them, it's few and far between. Uh, 
but one one board game i want to get back to this one uh that you mentioned escapes from the aliens of outer space i want to get back to that but i guess like a small sidestep uh have you played the game life a very long time ago but yes i have oh that's one of my favorite games um and my wife's too it's really funny because i've played a lot of the a lot of like the classic board games uh like uh, like monopoly life uh what's like shoots and ladders all all that fun stuff and i've always played them in english obviously because that's the the context i grew up in and then like i came here and i played the slight board games but i played them all in german and it was really weird because a lot of the board games are like have been like culturally adapted um so and they've been translated so like we'll play i'll play like life or scrabble with my wife and it's obviously it's all in german uh and it's always kind of a weird feeling playing the same things you know and love but like in a different language Uh, i bet especially scrabble yeah (laughs) yeah uh fun fun fact for scrabble there was this one i can't remember his name uh, but there was this one guy who allegedly memorized the whole french dictionary or a good portion of it so that he could compete in like the world scrabble competition in france um but he doesn't speak french (laughs) he just memorized the dictionary in french uh I've Which, heard that too. That sounds like something somebody would do. Yeah. There's some I can crazy imagine. people out there. I do not have that dedication. But um so this new so this new board game, Escape from the Aliens in Outer Space. So how does that actually work? So I, I haven't opened it yet. Mm-hmm. Um I've seen a little bit I didn't want to look too much because I wanted to like enjoy it the first time, but like everybody kind of has their own uh it's not like a clipboard, but like a short, like fold open handout everyone's given like this is your map like this Mm -hmm. is what you're doing and there's all these different icons and things you can do and i i'm looking forward to it uh i just because generally i'm a big fan of horror themed anything uh probably one of my absolute favorite board games that i don't get to play very often is uh betrayal from house on the hill and i think this horror (laughs) i think it well it's it's kind of like b horror Like, it's, like, half serious, half not serious. But one thing I love about it so much is that it's a game in two phases. Mm -hmm. So at the very beginning of the game, everybody is... There's no sides. Everybody's just in the house, and you explore the house. And the house is different every time because there's four floors to the house, and when you open a door on a floor, you go to the room tiles, and you you draw, and... On the back of every room tile, it says, like, basement, main floor, second floor, attic, something like that. And some mm. rooms can be on multiple floors. If you're opening a door on a floor, and it the card you draw says it can go on that floor, you flip it over and you add it. So you're building the house as you go. Oh. So it's kind of interesting. So you can make, a, like, a pretty funny-looking house just by luck of the draw. Mm-hmm. And then eventually... There's a haunt events where basically you draw, you enter a room and there's a haunt there and something spooky, usually bad happens. And every haunt you roll the dice and you have to beat the number of haunts or the second phase of the game starts. It's very easy early on, but eventually you're almost guaranteed to go into phase two of the game. Um, 
depending on how many there are. And then when it happens, you open the book and there's like a table and it'll be like this haunt happened in this room. And then depending on what the table says, one of the players uh, was the bad guy the whole time. So there's like a there's like 50 scenario stories. So it could be like, oh, you finally lured all your friends into the mansion and are trying to summon this eldritch god from another world. And now you just need to finish the job and kill them. Here's how you do that. Or sometimes it's like, oh, you weren't the bad guy, but you were instantly killed by this and your body was taken over by this other thing. And now you're going to try and kill all your friends this way. So, so it's it's kind of like like a who done it kind of thing, kind of. But nobody knows who done it, so it oh. could be like, oh, yay, I'm the bad guy this time. And then, I I think this is kind of what makes it like a fun party game. Mm. Is there's two books. There's the survivor book and the I can't remember what's it's like the villain book, and the survivors stay at the table and read their book and discuss the strategy and how they're gonna survive. And the villain goes to another room, shuts his ears so he can't hear, read the book, and like, okay, this is what I need to do. And the fun part is, nobody has perfect information. So the the survivors don't know all the tools and the powers that the the bad guy can use. And Mm. the bad guy doesn't get to know all... They get to know some, but they don't get to know all the the ways the survivors are going to try and foil their plans. So it's just good fun. Like there's like a mummy scenario, a Frankenstein's monster scenario. There's a scenario where you have to beat death itself at chess or you die. <laughs> like there's all sorts of funky ones. It's funny that you mentioned chess though. Uh, I mean, I know it's the very last point, but are you any good at it? No, I tried to play it for a little bit and I would like watch some chess videos because chess was getting really popular for a while i know there was that uh i think it was queen's gambit yeah i didn't didn't watch queen's gambit but i i can't remember why i was oh yeah there was like uh there was like a youtuber and like twitch like a you know an internet influencer uh chess tournament a few years back and some people i watched were in it and they would do videos of like all right i'm good we're gonna we're like practicing for the tournament and i'd watch some of it and i'm like you know chess is kind of cool i should try to play chess again uh i just never i I would play a few games with people but i'm just i don't want to say i'm bad at it i mean i am but it's <laughs> it's mostly for a lack of trying like I, I i understand there's a there's a way to study chess where you get better at it i i just think i don't have the motivation to spend the time on it i'm also terrible at chess uh i there was a a time in my life where I really wanted to be good at it, so I practiced a lot on the computer, but I don't know. Uh, for me, it's a novelty. Uh, I, che- I treat chess like any other game, which is I play it, and if I lose, I lose. I'm, I think it's one of those board games where you really try to build up a skill so you get better at it. Um, but I don't know if that applies to any of the other the board games that we've really talked about, because you have to kind of develop a strategy. Um which you can do in chess and in checkers. Um, I always saw checkers as like a, a watered down version of chess 
which probably isn't true. That's just the way I, I felt about it <laughs> and still do. Uh, but I don't know if you, can, if you can like build up like a strategy with like Monopoly or the other games you've mentioned, well, so there, to speak. There, there's definitely like some dominant strategies in a lot of those games. Like, what's the what's the big popular one? Uh, the one is it Risk? I'm thinking of the one where oh, yeah, it's like yeah. a global like power struggle kind of game. Yeah, I believe that's Risk. And there's there's a handful of games like that, and like in Settlers of Catan which is Mm. another very popular board game, which is basically all about accruing resources and building a society. There is generally considered better things to do than others. (laughs) Like there, there are dominant strategies there. There almost always is to some degree. There are people who care a lot about winning. Yeah. And I don't, um, I, I'm not really, I'm not a sore loser. I mean, everyone likes winning, I would say. That's a statement that most people can kind of get behind. But, you know, if I play a game, I play it. I don't really play to win. Mostly because I've gotten used to just losing to my wife. Because <laughs> she's better <laughs> at board games than I am. Um, so I just lose all the time and I just kind of get used to it. Do you prefer, like, the physical board games or do you also use like digital ones like uh, like on the switch or like uh ps5 or whatever uh or, like, on pc i i've played a few digital board games so growing up uh i actually had monopoly party mm. for the gamecube and the only real difference between monopoly and monopoly party is that everybody goes at the same time which is actually a great idea because it makes almost no difference it makes the game super fast and then if two people land on the same space at the same time and it's an available property, you just do an auction, and you could set all sorts of crazy rules. So that is by far the best version of Monopoly as far as I'm concerned. Uh, And then I've played Talisman, which is another pretty popular board game. That has a pretty good version on Steam that I've played a handful of times. Uh, I don't know if I know that one. It's basically... Oh, it's been a while, but basically all the players are like, questing to like get the talisman like at the center Mm -hmm. of the map and you're like in this weird place and you go it's like in layers there's like an outer layer there's like four layers in a Mm -hmm. kind of a circular ish board and there's like certain trials you have to pass to go inward a layer so you you go around the board trying to gain power until you could pass the test to go in a layer and you just keep doing that until you make it all the way to the talisman. And Ooh. you know, there are different events around the board that can give you, um, cards and abilities and just improve your character. I might be describing it bad. It's been at least two or three years since I've played it, but I have a, there's a friend of mine that enjoys talisman quite a bit. So honestly should probably be playing it again. Cause I know he likes it. Yeah, that does sound actually pretty interesting. I've never heard of it. Uh, I did Google it really quickly, <laughs> and it does seem to be, I wouldn't say old, but it's from the 80s. Um, but I'm surprised get, it's that old. Yeah, it says 1983. Um, but I guess one last question before I ask my, my final, final question. I guess because you play a lot of D&D, don't you? Yeah. Do you, would you also, I mean, I guess maybe it's kind of a stupid question, but would you then also consider that a board game or is that like a category of its own? 
so it's they're very closely related because it's like the people who like tabletop role-playing games tend to also like board games Hmm. it's not uncommon when a, a dungeon master needs a break he's like hey guys i'm just really tired like i don't have the material ready tonight or i just need a mental break can we just play board games like that's a common thing that happens because they all tend to like board games too oh and i i think the board part of board games is not necessarily a requirement like i would consider zombie dice a board game there's no board in zombie dice. It's it's a cup and dice, but it's you know it's it, it's in that family of it feels you know it's it's a tactile. We're all gonna sit at the table and play this game kind of thing. So it if D and D is not a board game, they're very close neighbors. And if you don't necessarily need this, but lots of tabletop role playing games optionally can use grids um, to represent the space in a combat. And that's very board gamey. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a, actually a philosophical question. Is it still a board game even though there's not really a board involved? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, like, I I can be a very pedantic person, but I think that's just a, I think that's just a quirk of language, and we're just going to accept that there are dice games that are board games. There are card games that are board games. Like, I played uh, this Wednesday, so like. One, two, three, four days ago, if I'm counting right, uh, was my 30th birthday. All we did, we went out to dinner, and then three people came back to my place and we played Dominion, which is a deck-building card game. There is, like, a little bit of a board that comes with it for, like, discards. Mm -hmm. I would still kind of consider that a board game, but it's not really a board game, but it's very fun. People love Dominion. There's, like, 20 expansions for Dominion or something crazy. Okay. No, I've never played that either. Uh, Yeah, I already said happy birthday, but I'm going to say happy birthday officially on the episode. Thank you. I'm I'm officially dying. By the way, it was funny. So, like I said, I turned 30, and it happened fast. So, the day of my 30th, I uh, I meal prepped. I had meal prepped curry early in the week. Like curry and rice, a lot of it. So I'd basically mm. eaten nothing but that for like three days straight. And I only got like two hours of sleep the night before. I felt horrible on <laughs> the day of my 30th. <laughs> like I, I worked like two and a half hours and then just, you know, called it a day and went to sleep because those two factors combined did not make me feel very good. So 30 for all you under 30 people, just just know it it happens all at once. I'm practically, you know, a senior citizen now. Yeah, I mean, it de- it definitely feels like it. Um, there was this, uh, there was this German interview or like this German talk show uh, that I watched a couple years back, and the one guy had turned, I want to say like fifty five or something, and he was like, "Oh, like I just turned fifty five and the whole audience was like, "Oh, like that's like like a bad thing." And he was kind of confused. It's like that's a good thing that you know I turned fifty five. <laughs> It'd be a bad thing if I didn't. Yeah. Uh, and so that's kind of how I felt about turning 30. Um, I'm, I'll am i be 33 this year, so I feel <laughs> I feel old. All the people still call me young, so it makes me feel better. Um, but it's like, you know, you don't want to get old, uh, but you're glad that you get old. Um, 
So like the, there's like this old joke of like what does everyone want to become but not be, which is like old. So everyone everyone wants to get older but no one wants to be old. Um and so that's kind of how I feel. Uh but anyway, uh I definitely want to touch on something that we touched on 2 weeks ago before we get out of here, which is the Super Bowl. Um so yes. obviously we know how how it went. So were you happy with the games? Were you happy with the result? I was happy with the result. I didn't enjoy watching the game uh, because it was it's just an exercise in stress for me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm like sitting on my armchair, like, you know, gripping the armrest <laughs> like uh, on the inside the whole time. Uh, I mean, you know, there were some exciting plays. There were some fun moments, but like I bought like a bunch of things and I was going to make some special cocktails and this and that. Uh, didn't didn't do much of that because I was kind of just like glued to the TV and then just, you know, stress watching. I mean, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that you're happy with the result. I didn't watch the game. <laughs> All I heard about was Taylor Swift there and chugging a beer um, that and that, you know, the, the, the Chiefs won. So yeah. which I can I can be happy by proxy because there are a lot of Chiefs fans in Missouri. So, I mean, technically, I won too, <laughs> even though You're I don't really winner. have a team. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, what was, what was very unfortunate, I don't know if you heard about this. Um, when they had the parade back in Kansas City, there mm-hmm. was a shooting, unfortunately. Yeah, I did. I did hear about that. You know, uh, it and, is super unfortunate. Yeah. And it, I don't know how much you heard about it. It didn't necessarily sound like it wasn't anything planned. It sounded like it was possibly gang related but it was it was some sort of personal altercation it wasn't like somebody planning on doing a mass shooting it was just two people got in a disagreement and then i i don't know there's some other people charged now so it's not 100 percent clear um but it just sounded like some bad place bad time mm. people in the crossfire i definitely did not know that i mean it, it kind of makes it feel slightly better i guess uh makes me feel slightly better in that it wasn't planned because the super bowl is one of the biggest and most important events i would say for most americans of the year uh alongside christmas and whatnot Uh, well you know what hit me and i i think this was like pretty poignant i guess so my favorite sports show uh one of the hosts on it's huge chiefs fan born and raised in kansas city um, when they won last year, they went and did their show live from the parade. They did it this year and, uh, that didn't really work out super well, but they, they, they kind of talked about it on their show, um, later in the week. And one of them said, you know, people talk about, you know, the happiest place on earth and blah, blah, blah. He was like, that was probably actually the happiest place on earth that day because it was an entire it was like a million people all at this parade, super happy. You know, their team won just loving life. And then that got like stolen. Hmm. And that's, you know, plus, you know, someone died and there were people injured. And, you know, it's it's not the main point, but it's just it's sad. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really is sad that, you know, that some that such a happy event is followed by such a tragedy. Uh but what are you gonna do? I yeah. mean 
before we get out of here, I know we're okay. getting to that time. There is something I want to shout out. Uh, it's it's an older show. Um, they last put out an episode six years ago, but the main reason why I'm into it as into board games now as I am is because there's a YouTube show um, on Geek and Sundry, which I don't even know if Geek and Sundry has done anything in a while, but there it's called Tabletop. Uh, Will Wheaton hosted it for a few years. Uh, the whole premise is basically he picks a board game, he invites some some famous people, sometimes not, sometimes it's like voice actors or just people he knows, and they play a board game. And it's a great way to like, oh, that looks really fun. Oh, that looks really fun. Oh, that looks really fun. So a lot of the games I ended up buying and starting with when I was getting into it were like, I was basically just buying what I saw on tabletop. Mm. And there's okay. and there's tons of board game review channels and everything like that, but I it's hard to replace seeing someone sit down at a table for like 50 minutes and just play a game out to like that's that's as good a review as you're going to get. Yeah, that does sound super interesting. I've never heard of it. Uh but yeah, you guys listeners have heard it, so if you want to go and check out some board games, definitely check out that YouTube channel. Uh, we're in no way affiliated, but still. <laughs> yep. The sh- again, the show is tabletop. Yeah. Alrighty then. Uh, I think we're done for for this episode. Uh, if you've got nothing else to add, I don't either. Uh, yeah, super interesting. Oh, I think topics. we covered it. Yeah, we covered a lot of different topics. <laughs> we did. It was it yeah. was a little bit of an ADHD episode, but that's okay. Yeah, <laughs> those are the best. At any rate, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, we will catch you all in the next one. All right, bye. <laughs> bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little welcome feedback comments and constructive criticism if you'd like to provide us with any please reach out to us at our discord or email address both of which will be listed in in the description thanks again for listening and until next time